Hello, this is Ruin Willow, and you are listening to the Oh Fuck Yeah with Ruin Willow podcast. I'm excited you're here. If you're under 18, it is time to leave the podcast now because on my podcast, I talk about all things related to sex and erotica, sexual health, and sexuality. Okay, everyone, I have an amazing, I mean, this is going to, this is going to be epic. Okay. This is awesome. This is about hypnosis erotic hypnosis. And I have an amazing couple here to talk with and you are just going to be, this is exciting. Okay. So we are, (laughs) and they're from the UK. So they have lovely accents and (laughs) we have hypno, how do I say that? Hedonista? Hypno-hedonista. Hypno-hedonista, also known as tricks and sinister. Welcome. And I am not even going to try to define this. I want you guys to define what is what is it you do and define these words? Like I saw hedonism, hypnotic hedonism. I, I guess mm-hmm. I'm excited. So just let's dig in. Yes, please. Oh, we're, we're so ready because hypnosis is both so misunderstood and also just so wonderful as far as a tool for pleasure. And it's kind of both of our mission to get hypnosis to every corner of the sort of kink and swing and sort of sexual world because mm. everybody should be doing some hypnosis it's really exciting. Mm-hmm. more people should be doing it yeah so thank you for having us on Ruin. Yes. i'm really <laughs> excited <laughs> i'm excited to learn and to share what you guys do and mm. just the word out more like people people don't know what it is so mm. how how do you define hypnotic hedonism So hypnotic hedonism is very much like my mission because so hypnosis, you've probably, everyone has this idea of what hypnosis is, right? Mm -hmm. It's so common in culture and there's so many misunderstandings about it. Most people have their ideas of hypnosis coming either from, you know, sort of children's cartoons or stage Mm. hypnosis or Mm -hmm. the therapeutic side. And there are elements of those that are, relevant to what we do but it goes so far beyond that so erotic hypnosis or sort of hedonistic hypnosis is using that connection that we have between our minds and our bodies to be able to realize all kinds of different sensations different fantasies to be able to kind of guide someone's attention in such a way that they can experience things that would be completely impossible or condition responses that might take years and years to condition someone to respond to or just adapt people's experiences so that something that was sort of kind of pleasurable or like something enjoyable becomes something completely transcendental. And of course, there's aspects of just enjoying the process itself. A lot of people find the process of being hypnotized, of going into that wonderfully relaxing or peaceful or blank or, you know, all these different things that can come with that can come under that umbrella. Some people just find that itself incredibly pleasurable, incredibly erotic. Some people find that to be a draw on itself. I'm definitely one of those people. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm a switch. And Mm -hmm. so I do hypnosis from both sides of the slash. And we're both very into kind of kinksters more generally. We're professional erotic hypnotists, professional dominance, and also just lifestyle kinksters. We're in a DS dynamic and Sinister has been both hypnotizing me and kind of shaping me as a person for two and a half years. Yeah, two and a half years. Yeah. So 
it's kind of our bread and butter. We, we make a lot of hypnotic content um, and we're kind of constantly trying to get more people understanding what hypnosis is. Would you like like a vague definition of what hypnosis is to start yes, with? Absolutely. So <laughs> hypnosis is essentially the official definition that we've written. There's so many definitions because it's not really very understood exactly what's mm. happening in hypnosis right now. Um, what definition you get will very much depend on who you ask and why they're asking. Sure. You know, the academics studying what it's capable of will say one thing. Those using it for therapy will say something else. Those using it for like stage magic will use it for something else. And we tend to blur all of it together mm. a bit. What we can say about hypnosis is it is like a distinct state in the brain. Like you can detect on a brain scan when someone is hypnotized. Ooh. The thing that has kept it from sort of being declared is that brain state is also seen in other, uh, not only in hypnosis, it's not unique to hypnosis, but okay. it's still visible on a brain scan when someone's hypnotized. Um, and there's a really good evidence base in sort of the science about hypnosis for analgesia, pain relief, mm, hypnosis yes. for therapy and like personal change and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, there are studies where people can literally change the way their blood is flowing in their body wow. by using their minds. Isn't that just incredible? That's incredible. And when you think about it, you know, so much of arousal is things like, you know, physiology, mm-hmm. where blood is going, how things are swelling and feeling good. <laughs> because right, if you can absolutely. use it for analgesia, if you can use it to reduce sensation, then we can take it the other way. We can increase someone's sensitivity to touch, to sure. all sorts of the more pleasant sides of things. Mm -hmm. So the definition we've put together for hypnosis is it's kind of a state of directed focus where the subject is more able to access imaginative capacities that can enhance their perception and experience of internal and external reality, which sounds very sciencey, but essentially (laughs) what it means, you can use your imagination, use the power of your mind to change the way you experience the world. Um, So it takes whatever is happening to you, a thought or a behavior from something that you're doing to something that's happening to you, which is so powerful for uh, pleasure, because I think so many of the problems people have with pleasure is that it feels like you're having to try or like you get in your head about something. Mm -hmm. Um, And hypnosis can really help you step outside of that and just experience things. And then along with that comes this increased suggestibility, this increased sort of willingness to go along with things, kind of go with the flow, accept what someone is telling you, which you can use for so many things. Again, from like increasing pleasure, just telling someone doesn't that feel so good? Isn't it so nice to feel that touch and having that sort of emphasize and amplify the sensations that someone is experiencing? But then obviously it's got sort of draws and pulls them out beyond the strictly just pleasure side and the more sort of kinky power exchange kinds of angles. So, I mean, I think this is kind of obvious to everyone in some ways, the way that your mind and your headspace can affect your experience of something. Like if you think about the way that you orgasm, if you don't mind, Ruin, if you don't mind me again, you think about that. Um, Absolutely. Get me there. (laughs) Ready. (laughs) You know how different it is. Mm-hmm. in one situation where maybe you're on your own and you're not really very engaged or a bit distractible and it's, it's just really underwhelming and you're not really into it but it happens but it's mm-hmm. just the orgasm isn't that exciting right right and then in another situation where someone is like really engaging you and really like emphasizing what's happening to you and helping you stay connected in the situation how different is the experience of your orgasm it's just incredible to me like so it's kind of common sense in some ways 
but the techniques and tools that hypnosis needs takes a little bit of learning but essentially it's just like turbo powered dirty talk <laughs> <laughs> nice that's good description yeah. <laughs> do you feel like i'm preaching to the choir for that's pretty cool. So I have a few questions that that people posed and maybe I'll do that now so that we can just, I got to go back onto Twitter here and see, there's a couple people that asked me, where did it go? Okay. So I do a lot of, this is really interesting. I do a lot of near, I do audio books also erotic audiobooks and so i narrate mm-hmm. for a woman who writes um she writes size erotica have mm-hmm. you ever heard of this oh like giant tess and that kind of thing it's like let me go to her site show she's like come on my stupid microphone ah okay so she writes about like giantesses like growing mm-hmm. and shrinking mm-hmm. and so her question was oh my gosh my my microphone is really bad <laughs> I'm gonna get. I'm gonna have to buy a new one. I'm getting in big trouble here. Okay. Um, if it helps, we can hear you fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's coming. good. <laughs> mm-hmm. At least I can chop out all this. Okay. So she's wondering if if you could make her feel giant or tiny. So like her erotica is about like someone growing to like 50 feet tall or mm. shrinking down to like three inches, and then it's it's all sexual. So seeing the small people might be becoming a human dildo. For instance, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm quite. I've done a little bit of giantess content actually. Have I think you? It's really okay, super nice. fun and like shrinking and that kind of thing. Yes, that is completely something mm-hmm. that you could do with hypnosis. So there's sort of two answers to that. The first is you could take someone's fantasies, take someone's imagining, and sort of talk them through it in a way that has them experiencing it and imagining it in a way that's far more vivid than you'd have otherwise. Almost just sort of a guided sort of dream feeling yeah almost like a guided meditation like someone would do except you're living this whole fantasy inside of your mind and you can pair that with kind of touch and props and kind of create this really Mm. immersive experience for someone or on the other hand you could have someone fully awake fully you know in control of their faculties fully like aware of what's going on but with these feelings of being tiny of being huge with these sort of your mind processing the world in a way sort of puts that filter over the top of it Mm. for example like I've done something similar with someone where in a room I made it so that the room was kind of expanding and they felt like they were very small in the room and that all of the objects were kind of made strange or foreign you know we take so much of what we see for granted but we're processing far more information but we're 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 kind of getting far more information through our eyes than our minds can process at any one time Mm. and that whole process of perception can be messed with with hypnosis so you can make it so that someone sees the space that they're in in a very different way like everything becomes an obstacle or just shapes and you know the the ceiling feels higher and you feel smaller comparatively and Mm. things like that or you can't figure out because there's so much visual noise, how to get from one side of the room to the other. There's all mm. kinds of things that you can do that could link to like giantess. And, and it's a really good example of why hypnosis is such a valuable resource, because mm. it's the kind of king, the kind of interest that is very difficult to play with. <laughs> exactly. Very difficult to play out. But when you've got sort of this in your toolkit, it's something that you can find, you know, ways to make happen make Mm. reality Mm. 
I can, you know, it's kind of like you read the story, you kind of immerse yourself into it, but that's like just scraping the layer of what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, And some like, you know, the growing and shrinking stuff, like other play that I've done around like bimbofication, where someone kind of goes into the headspace of being a bimbo. Mm -hmm. I've done things with bimbofication where I've made someone's breasts expand Mm. to the point where they can't lift them up anymore. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Which is just like, obviously that's so, that's not possible to do. Right. uh, And certainly not in any kind of safe or reasonable (laughs) way without hypnosis, but with hypnosis, it's, it becomes. And then you just end things and everything's, you know, back to normal. normal. No cleanup required. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I could see how that would be just a very, very useful tool to use hypnosis with this type of kink. I mean, that's just fantastic. And then otherwise, yeah, you're just reading the story, which that is also obviously immersive and you can enjoy that, but that takes it a step further. That's very interesting. Yeah. I mean, hypnosis is all about stories and narratives essentially, mm-hmm. um, but it's sure. getting someone so immersed in a story and, and getting whatever was going on in their head to be your story that you're telling to the point where it becomes their reality, which is just I just find it so fascinating and exciting to be able to guide someone in in that journey and to take someone so deeply into something that they really sort of believe that it's happening for a while. Mm. Uh, And you can take, you know, this applies to anything. It can be anything from, you know, the the tamest, like sort of nice, friendly, fuzzy story to something that's really, really extreme, something that would be impossible or unethical illegal to do for real Mm, because it's just not you know not feasible and then you you're playing it out in someone's mind you're you're taking their imagination and using that as the tool i think that would be the tool also oh i'm sorry no go ahead i was just going to say some of the things that we've done together things Mm. like amnesia i kind of a there'll be a the ability to forget what Mm. is going Mm. on inside your head to conceal information from yourself for a short time. We've Mm. done some, I have some pretty intense kind of abduction-y style or consensual non-consent fantasies. And we've done things where I've completely not recognized Sinister while he's doing terrible things to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Great for dark fantasies. Totally. Mm -hmm. Completely. Yeah. Okay. And then the other person, it's kind of a more of a general question, but he said, what if it doesn't work? That was his first question. And the other one is, if it does work, what are the benefits? I mean, we kind of talked about that a little bit already. Mm -hmm. So there's a big, a lot of people coming going, oh, I don't think I could be hypnotized. But in my experience, I've yet to find anyone I think who couldn't be. I don't think There are probably people who shouldn't be, but that is few and far between. (laughs) Mm, Like, as we've said, you know, we're doing this from a very recreational, erotic, let's have fun with it. Mm. We, you know, we're not doing therapy with it. We're staying away from anything that could be, you know, seen as doing therapy with hypnosis. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we're not doing that kind of thing. But it's more a matter of fitting your approach, style, your way of doing hypnosis to your subject, subject being what we call the person having the hypnosis done to them. I don't think there is a person who cannot be hypnotized. There are just techniques that will not work particularly well on certain people. Sure. Right. Because, I mean, hypnosis is, although we make it sound sometimes like 
you know and there's a lot of ideas in our culture that when you're hypnotized you're like under someone's spell and you're like cursed forever or like they'll be able to do anything they want to you that's not how it works at all right. Right. um it's, it's a fantasy we play with it might be a framing that we use but hypnosis is always a collaborative experience between the person who's guiding the experience and the person whose mind is creating the experience and it's really about as sinister said as long as you can you have the capacity to fantasize and mm. you feel like you can imagine things and you can hold your attention on something for a short amount of time, something that you're interested in, then you can be hypnotized. Because hypnosis is all about just guiding someone's attention to different ideas and different body parts and leaning into it from there. So it doesn't matter if you're kind of neurodivergent or neurodiverse, it's still possible for people with ADHD mm. to be hypnotized. Like I probably have ADHD. <laughs> I'm very easy to hypnotize. Sure, sure. Autistic sure. people can be hypnotized. You know, there's a lot of misconceptions about whether people can be hypnotized. And the problem is a lot of hypnotists will, <laughs> hypnotists who aren't really very experienced with anything except maybe one kind of protocol, one kind of trance They'll try to hypnotize someone. It won't work. And they'll essentially tell the subject, now you're not hypnotizable. It's not the subject's fault. It's the hypnotist's fault. They didn't do enough with that mm. mind in front of them to find out what does work. And unfortunately, sure. then you've given someone a really negative suggestion. Because as yes. soon as you believe that you cannot be hypnotized, it's going to be a lot harder for you to mm. get to the point where you're investing in the co-created fantasy enough to make it real for you so if you are someone who's tried hypnosis in the past and found it's not worked try reframing it as it's not worked yet mm. yeah <laughs> um, right because if it's something you want to experience there will be an approach a hypnotist there will be a way for you to do this so tell yourself you've not found it yet rather than hypnosis doesn't work for me because mm -hmm. if you keep telling yourself that it probably won't yeah and right. it's not that you need to believe unflinchingly in <laughs> hypnosis to be able to be hypnotized because mm. belief does play, you know, the science shows that belief plays a big part, but it's not the only factor. And plenty of people who come in skeptical do have a really good time being hypnotized. You kind of have to be open to it because as yeah. we said, like it's all happening in your own head as the subject. So if you're kind of not really investing in it, if you're not really trying because you already have self-defeated you know you don't believe it's going to happen yeah. then it's not going to happen you don't have to know it's going to happen but you have to be open to the idea that it will yes we'll be back after a quick break this episode is brought to you by the spring cleaning champions manscaped this season make sure the man in your life grooms his carpets and his drapes with the leaders in below the waist grooming have him clear out that winter bush with Manscaped's Lawnmower 5.0 and watch his confidence bloom like the springtime flowers. Embrace the season and have him join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. With our special offer, go to manscaped.com and use code RUIN. You have to use my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, for the 20% off and free shipping. Have you ever been doing some oral pleasure and got some hairs in your mouth or your teeth? Well, 
<laughs> Manscaped can help with that. Try being clean shaven or spring cleaning after he uses Manscaped. You can say, hmm, let's get some busy with some spring fever in the bedroom. Try out Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. It is an amazing trimmer that features two interchangeable heads. One for taking a little off the top and the new foil blade to go smooth. If you want to go smooth for spring cleaning, make sure you try out Manscaped products. Bring on those smooth skin sexy slaps in the bedroom. And how do you do that? Use Manscaped products to shave clean down in your pubic area. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code RUIN. You have to use my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, all caps at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with code RUIN at manscaped.com. Nothing like a little spring cleaning in his pants, right? In your pants if you're a man. (laughs) Spring clean your groin area. Try smooth. Try it with Manscaped. Do you find that you have to like do certain things or think certain ways or try to make your mind blank prior to being hypnotized? Like, did you any kind of prep? So it's interesting because a lot of the mindfulness stuff that's so popular right now is super useful for hypnosis. If you can allow your mind to not be disturbed by the thoughts you're having, because that's one of the, another big misconception about hypnosis is that as soon as you're even slightly hypnotized, you're completely blank and you have no thoughts of your own. Mm. Blankness can be a feeling that you can have. Like I have definitely felt blank, but even while I've been really blank and out of it and deeply hypnotized doing all kinds of things, I still usually have thoughts in my head and the thoughts are usually, oh my God, I'm so fucking hypnotized right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is so fucking good. Um, that like total silence of the brain, if you expect that that's how it should feel, it's going to make it really hard for you to understand yourself as someone who's hypnotized. Mm, Whereas if you accept that thoughts can kind of just come into your head and then pass and it doesn't actually disturb the experience for you, then it's a much more successful Mm. strategy for being hypnotized. Well, I said there are certainly things you can do to help, you know, before a session to get you in the mindset, like finding a space or a setting that makes you feel comfortable, makes you feel relaxed, makes you feel sort of safe. Mm -hmm. uh, So you can sort of give up that control in a way that, you know, is going to feel good. Going in with the right intent, sort of like being asked, do you want to be hypnotized? And giving that yes can be a very powerful thing to sort of set that intention to get you in a mindset where you're going to be open for it. Sure. Uh, We talk a lot about the sort of the pre-talk, like all the conversation that happens before the actual trance of setting expectations, discussing what it's going to feel like, what you want, and sort of setting that assumption, that sort of subconscious expectation of what the experience will be like Mm. can be very helpful. I think that's actually one of the most powerful things from both kind of kink and, you know, doing hypnosis. It's really about getting to know the very deepest part of someone's fantasies because hypnosis is essentially a seduction of the subconscious. That's what I like Mm, to say. I like that phrase. Thank you. I think I might have stolen it from someone, but I don't know (laughs) who. It might be Mark Wiseman writes a really good book called Mind Play. If anyone's interested in like getting more into hypnosis, it could be from there. But it essentially is about really understanding both the way that someone's mind works and how they, the, the metacognition of how they think. And also the 
desires that underpin the reasons why they would turn your words into something that is their reality. Mm. Because if you can really understand the motivation someone has about wanting to experience like mm. a hypnotic orgasm, for example, like an orgasm without touch, sure. you can really tailor the language and the experience mm. to appeal to that person in the most like sexy, mm. like convincing kind of way. Because there's a, you know, you can go in with just the, you're going to come fine. But if you can say you're going to come because that's going to make you feel so wonderfully in touch with your body, it's going to make you feel all these wonderful things that you've already told me you want to feel even better. The more you can tie something into someone's individuality, the more you can personalize things for them, the better. Mm, That makes perfect sense. And I think that's just a fascinating thing that that's actually possible to orgasm with just your mind. And Mm -hmm. that's a, I mean, and that's huge too, for people that maybe can't have sex. Oh, absolutely. Or people who have struggled with orgasm yeah, for, for all kinds of reasons, hands-free orgasms is what they tend to be called in the community, but that kind of uh, ability to use your mind to enhance or create pleasure in a way that is very like safe for a lot of people. It doesn't like some people aren't going to feel comfortable literally being touched, maybe even by themselves, but certainly by a partner. Or if someone has a lot of hangups around how to get to orgasm by touching themselves, then cut that out altogether. I mean, this is definitely the more therapeutic side. This isn't so much what Mm. we do. We work with like enhancement rather than problems. But the idea that you can then engage with your mind to create the experience and then your body just enhances that is so powerful. Mm. But there's so many ways you can use hypnosis for pleasure. We both feel like the hands-free orgasm. I mean, what do you mean when you mean a hypnotic orgasm? Do you mean... What do you mean when you mean an orgasm generally? Yeah. Like there's so many different ways to experience pleasure. There's so many different ways to experience that release. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so when you approach that kind of thing, it's really helpful to sort of get into that. What do you mean by that? Mm. Particularly right. for those with penises. Mm those who you know are used to ejaculation being a part of orgasm is that necessary can right. you come without that like we're dealing, Spoiler, you probably can yeah, yeah. like <laughs> dealing with this kind of idea these kinds of suggestions can be very helpful to say can you you know is a mental orgasm the same as a physical one does it have to present exactly the same if it still feels really nice yeah I mean, and often right. it's a process of starting with something that maybe looks different And then slowly they'll sort of start to look closer and closer until these sort of triggered orgasms that happen just through words can feel exactly as intense, if not more so, exactly as powerful and relieving Mm -hmm. as anything you could have through touch. And then you start playing around with combining them and really overwhelm someone, but that's... Oh, yeah. You you, you can have orgasm through hypnosis just in your mind. You can have orgasm through someone gently stroking the palm of your hand and making it feel like it's your clit you can have orgasms through nipple play which a lot of people do naturally anyway but you know when you're enhancing it with words it becomes so much more achievable (laughs) so it's just giving me (laughs) 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 i've done a lot of conditioning around my nipples which is i said it was giving me a a very particular look just then (laughs) man's Um, very hot (laughs) i mean yeah i think so (laughs) you know you can have you know, you can have squirting orgasms or ejaculating orgasms with just hypnosis or mm. with a combination of hypnosis and touch, because, you know, it is super awesome and cool that someone can just say like a couple of words and you're, you know, coming. That's well, awesome. Yeah. But it's also 
so good to just enhance the touch that exists mm. and direct the touch that exists, use the touch, use the pleasure to fuel something else. Like maybe you enjoy being a little bit embarrassed or like ashamed um, mm-hmm. and you like to play with ideas of kind of like degradation, then you could make the arousal up those feelings of shame and degradation or, you know, the the opposite direction. You can make it so that someone, as they become more aroused, as they get closer to orgasm, they become completely shameless and like slutty and ready to just fuck mm. anyone. <laughs> right. So there's like so many fantasies that can be fueled by combining kind of emotions and sensations. And it's really if you can dream it, you can do it with hypnosis. Mm, absolutely. That's absolutely amazing. I, I love that. I just got another question sent to me on Twitter and this is what he said. Okay. Here's a good question. Will it help with past abuse, fear, and nervousness? How about a guy with ED? Can it help him? I mean, that's obviously therapy, uh, but I guess he's probably just wanting to know if that could help. I mean, I have been mentored for some time by Kaz Riley, who's a hypnotherapist, and she specializes in sexual freedom hypnosis techniques, which she's really pioneered. And yeah, you can do so many things with removing shame, with um, Mm. addressing people's issues with their bodies. I mean, sometimes things like erectile dysfunction will be a physical problem. So, you know, I know that Kaz would always say, like, talk in conjunction with your medical professionals to check that there's nothing else going on. But if mm-hmm. it, if the problem is one that happens, so for example, maybe you have erectile dysfunction, but it only happens in certain situations, like with a new partner, mm-hmm. and it doesn't happen when you're by yourself touching, you can probably say that what's happening there is something mental and not physical. Mm-hmm. So yes, hypnosis can do so many things for that kind of problem. If Mm. someone's nervous or, I mean, lots of people come into our sessions feeling quite like, uh, like nervous, I suppose. And it can be a wonderful way to focus someone on the parts of the experience that they want to have. Like instead of Mm. feeling so in their heads about something, you give them permission to fully experience whatever is happening. I think there's an important distinction to draw between using hypnosis for therapy and finding what you do with hypnosis therapeutic. Like, obviously, so much of kink, of sex, of just interpersonal relations is therapeutic. It's of a benefit. It makes you feel better. It helps you deal with your problems. And I think, you know, if you find that doing hypnosis that helps you feel relaxed and helps you feel good also, like, makes you feel more confident in other areas, great. But again, if, if you're going to hypnosis for a specific problem, that's where you talk to yeah. someone like Kaz. Yeah. 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 I think that's a great thing because I, I mean, it kind of sounds like he's maybe never thought of trying that and, you know, having those issues that could really be just huge for him and help him to enjoy. For sure. Again. I mean, since getting into hypnosis, I've really found my relationship to my headspace and thoughts changed quite a lot. I do a lot of self-hypnosis because I discovered through play, through erotic experiences, how powerful my mind is. And that's something that I carry over to so many parts of my Mm. life. So self-hypnosis in this context, meaning sort of instead of having a hypnotist telling you and guiding you through this trance, it's sort of inducing that in yourself and then sort of deciding as you go what direction to take that in. Mm, Yeah. I love the feeling of trance and I love being able to put myself into that situation as well as doing it with partners and, and using it. You know, when I went for a tattoo, for example, I was like, 
let's see what we can make the sensation feel like. Can I make it feel like a bi rope? Yes, I can. Can wow. I make it disappear altogether? Apparently not. Not by myself. <laughs> <laughs> but a biro is pretty good compared to a needle. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I just mm-hmm. got another question from that woman that writes the size erotica. She said, I would go my whole life with a trigger word in my brain that makes me think I'm giant or small. Is that even like possible? Like, like if she had a trigger word, like if she wanted to write, for instance, say she wanted to write a story, do you think she could like somehow use a trigger word and help write? Completely. So Gnosis has this thing called anchors and an anchor is essentially the pairing of a stimulus with an effect. Mm. So for example, And people do this in a more like traditional conditioning way all the time. If you think about submissive collars, for example, that essentially is anchoring the feeling of submission Ah. to a object. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people can do this in their everyday life. But with hypnosis, you kind of, I don't want to say turbocharge again, but you really turbocharge the process (laughs) of linking two things together. And when we do that intentionally, when we're sort of drawing a direct, explicit connection between a stimulus and an effect, we call that a trigger. So Mm. a word, as we were talking about, that makes you come, a touch that puts you into a trance, that kind of thing. So, yeah, the if you any hypnotic effect really could be linked to a trigger. Mm. So if you had a hypnotic effect, if you've been playing around with the idea of feeling giant, feeling like you, you know, enormous. Um, all the feelings that come with that, whatever feelings are associated, we said like personalized to the individual, then you could absolutely link that to a trigger, like a word or maybe some kind of like you put on a particular bracelet and you find that you're feeling those things until you take it off again. That could absolutely ah. be done, yeah. And of course, you need a way to sort of end the effect. And triggers aren't magic. Like they can be very powerful things, but if someone gives you a trigger, say you're hypnotized, someone gives you a trigger and then, I don't know, they didn't form, they should be specific. So triggers ideally should be like kept to the closest, most specific way of using that trigger because that will make it the most effective. So for example, if I wanted to give someone a trigger to make them orgasm, then I would say it's only when I say, come for me and I'm also touching your genitals and you know, and we're in a place where it's safe and appropriate for you to do that. I mean, if I'm touching your genitals, you kind of hope I'm in a place that's safe and appropriate to make you come. But right, uh, right. <laughs> so you'd kind of like limit it as much as possible. So with a giant test trigger that you trigger yourself with, you would need a way to know that you need the ability to end it. So something sure. like a bracelet could be really helpful because yeah. obviously you just take that off, the effect is over. That kind of thing. And nothing terrible would happen if you had no way to end it. Eventually it would just fade because you'd have other things that pull your attention. So you'd just get on with your life. It's Mm -hmm. not like you'd be trapped as a giantess forever, but (laughs) it would make, I'm sure that person might actually quite like being trapped as a giantess forever. But essentially it makes it easier to lean into the experience more completely if you know how it's going to finish. Yeah. yeah, that's very cool. A lot of what we do is about, yes, this will happen on its own, but we're going to do what we can to make it as comfortable and as easy as possible, particularly when we're dealing with things like, you know, subject safety. Mm-hmm. The subject is always going to have the capacity to ignore or modify suggestions that they don't want to recognize where something's not safe to be acted on, that kind of thing. Sure. But we give explicit suggestions and instructions around that to make it easier, to make it more 
sort of natural to make it something that they don't feel any distress or hesitation over. And the less someone has to think about when they can follow a trigger and when they can't, the more completely they can lean into the experience. Yeah, it's not like you're going to turn into like a zombie. Oh, exactly. exactly. <laughs> this is what a lot of people think about, though, when they there's a lot of fear about hypnosis because it is powerful and it, you know, in unethical hands, it can cause problems. And that's why we are very risk aware in the way that we teach hypnosis, which we do if anyone wants to get in touch. <laughs> right. Um, we do one to ones and group classes. But we are very kind of focused on the safety elements because. Mm. I think some people can have the idea in their head that it's just words. Like I'm not hitting someone, you know, I'm not tying them up. So there's no safety concerns. I'm just talking when in actual fact, you aren't playing with people's brains and brains do all kinds of stuff. And it can be something that needs to be handled delicately. So tell me about your workshop that's coming up, the gaslighting for kink, how to use manipulative language and redefine reality and consensual play. So yeah, that's tomorrow. It's I know, soon. right? <laughs> slash today, slash yesterday, or whenever this is coming out. Um, oh, and I do have a question too. Can people rewatch that, or is it just something that you can only participate in while it's live? That's only going to be live, though. We okay. will probably be running it again. It's a popular one. Yeah. Uh, but we've yes. Uh, so gaslighting. I don't know if you've heard the term before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, excellent. I have. So yep. in, you know, it's it's essentially a really not nice thing it's an abuse tactic um and when it's not used consensually it is a massive red flag it's essentially when people try to use lots of different techniques to undermine the perception of the person that they're abusing to make them doubt their own mind doubt reality to have them question and like build a dependence on the person who's abusing them for Mm -hmm. their understanding of the world as we say Massive fucking red flag if anyone does that to you non-consensually. Right. But when we're playing with it in a kink context, when it's something that's done consensually, you're manipulating someone's reality. You're getting them to rely on you for their understanding of what's going on. They're dependent on you. And these are all really good things in the context of something where, you know, you've negotiated, you've consented, you understand the risks and what you're getting into. So if you're someone who likes to, like, feel degraded, embarrassed, confused wants to feel really like dependent and connected on your dominant or your top who really enjoys the feeling of just not understanding what's happening and maybe feeling a bit stupid or a bit Mm. overwhelmed uh, then it can be a really great verbal toolkit to learn because Mm. it's and I like obviously for me as a as a subject as a bottom as a submissive I really love the feeling of just relying on sinister for my understanding of what's happening and this isn't something we play with it's not like we're constantly in this gaslighting headspace Mm, it's something that we he has permission to do whenever he wants to which he does selectively in times when it makes sense and during scenes when we really want to lean into this feeling of kind of brain fog or confusion and i want to Mm. feel like really small and Mm disregarded i guess so it's it's an interesting one to teach because obviously there's a lot of baggage around it Mm -hmm. there's a lot of it's as we've said it's an abuse tactic it's something that a lot of people have quite unpleasant negative experience with 
Sure. Um, yep. And it's something we give a very much a warning at the start of the class. It's like, please have someone you can talk to if mm. any of this starts to sound familiar and you hadn't realised you were previously gaslit. Because it's so right. common. So, I mean, even you kind mm. of realised that you'd been gaslit as we were sort of creating the class. Mm. And we've had several people being like, thank you. I've ended friendships because of this class. <laughs> because yeah, I realized right. someone was doing these horrible things to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's something because you don't realize maybe what's happening or right? what they're that's, doing. Yeah. That's the whole point. It's so subtle in some ways. Yeah. But when people hear the language, it becomes really apparent. And for us, like we go through lots of different ways to gaslight someone, lots of different strategies you can take. And we demonstrate it with some. So one of the things about the class is we don't announce when the demos are going to happen because gaslighting tends to be very situational. It's about mm. what's happening in the moment and then manipulating mm. the reality of the moment. Okay. Um, so each time I have to come with, with an off-the-fly reason to suddenly start <laughs> laying into tricks, which is fun. But <laughs> I don't know. I go from kind of very capable and enjoying kind of teaching this class and feeling mm. my kind of talking about one of my special interests and then suddenly I'm going through this conversational process of slowly slipping and you know the thing sinister will start pulling me up on I will know when he first does it what he's saying isn't true and then over the course of the conversation what is true will adjust itself which mm. is just so hot like I can't I can't <laughs> explain how hot that is to me <laughs> Someone who fetishizes manipulation and sure. control mm. in a consensual way, of course. Right. And obviously, right. you know, it's difficult stuff to talk about sometimes. You know, we're talking mm. about some really intense things, but we very much believe that more information is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we're going in, we're telling people what this language sounds like. We're telling people how to recognize it. And yes, that equips them to play with it. It hopefully is equipping them to um, recognize it when it's happening, when it's not consensual, but we're also heavily going into the, this is how you do it safely. Well, this is how you, risk aware, way. Risk aware. Uh, right. this is how you do it as safely as we know how this is how you negotiate, um, negotiate it. This is how you mm. make sure you're continuing your consent as you go, that you make sure that you, you know, doing best practice for all these things. Checking in things like yeah. that. So we really try and cover like both all the tools and all the kind of risks. But it's so interesting because it's a lot of people love degradation and like playing mm-hmm. with it. But to have like a whole new way to play with degradation and it is mm-hmm. so, so rich as a ground to and, and so exciting. Mm-hmm. If you enjoy sadism, if you're a person who en- enjoys this <laughs> is giving me eyes again, <laughs> if you're a person who enjoys watching someone struggle as mm-hmm. your thoughts kind of take over their head and change what is going on for them mm-hmm. sure it's really hot <laughs> it's very <really> good <laughs> well, it's very fascinating and i think that's really cool that you do it so is it like a is it a zoom or how do you guys do it it is it is yeah we're doing okay. it with what's the name wicked grounds wicked grounds which is a san francisco okay. based group i think who've oh, asked okay. us to run it for them so yes it'll be over zoom uh, yeah, and tickets are in my bio at the moment. And we usually have whatever class we have coming up usually is in the first hip on our link trees. So, yeah, um, and I should mention your your hypno hedonista on Twitter and also sinister denial and yep. mesmerotic UK. Yeah, yes. so mesmerotic is our hypno kink porn 
production studio. Yes. So if you are kind of like, well, this sounds really interesting, but like, how do you actually do a scene? What does it right? look like? Then our whole shtick is that all of our trances are kind of authentic hypnosis. There's a lot of role play hypnosis content porn, mm. which we wanted to show something authentic, real people yeah. playing with hypnosis in scenes that you can genuinely have. So all of the trancing, all of the negotiation, all of the setup and like the after effects and all of that is all on the, all included. So you can see, okay, so this is what it actually looks like to play with. And that's mesmerotic.net. Yes. Where you have those, right? Sorry, say it. It's mesmerotic.net. And if people watch that, they pay or can they just watch it? Uh, so, yes, it is paid, though each each video includes the negotiation and aftercare side of things. For okay. most videos, that will be a separate free video. So you get an idea of okay. what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Some, th- some of them it's just included because we float straight in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but most of them are a separate free video, yes. But even from the trailers, you can get like an idea of the things sure. you could play with. And we also have another class coming up on the 22nd of May, which is all about hypnosis for pleasure, how Mm. to create, enhance and restrict. So one of Sinister's kind of key kinks and also mine, but I guess it was (laughs) inherited or uh, corrupted. Corrupted, I think. Yeah, that's probably the right word. Is edging. Teasing denial. Ah, yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. So we're going to be talking a lot about that, how you can use hypnosis to control pleasure to amplify it, to overwhelm with it, to, right. you know, not just make someone come with hypnosis, but make them come over and over and over and over again until they want it right. to stop. <laughs> All <these> Sounds fun. <laughs> right? So that 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 workshop, if you go through our link trees, it'll be there or on FetLife, if you follow either of us on FetLife. Oh. We're the same names on Fet. Mm-hmm. And that's like, yeah, 22nd of May. So if anyone is interested in learning more of the pleasure side and less of the scary gaslighting side, <laughs> then they're very welcome to come along. So, mm. and people are just listening. They're not visible in the workshops, right? They're not being seen they by anyone. They the camera yeah. if they want to. We'll be, we'll okay. be on the camera and people will be welcome to be visible. It's quite nice to be able to see that people are watching, but there's absolutely mm. no requirement of it. No. No. Okay, that's good. So people can be anonymous if they so choose. Absolutely. Definitely, yes. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed you also have a Patreon yeah. So as we said, we're both sessioning kind of dominance and well, I'm a switch, but, and we both create hypnotic content, mm-hmm. both on Patreon. So so what we make sort of hypnotic audio recordings. So okay, yeah, basically files, audio files that are designed to ha- create a trance and have some sort of hypnotic experience. Now, for some of them, that's just a nice feeling. Some of them, it's more controlling. Some of them, it's a bit sadistic. Some of them have effects that will linger past the ends of the file, that kind of thing. Mm. And obviously, yeah. they're all described and marked with what they do. But right. yeah, so each of our Patreons have, you know, many at this point mm-hmm. files along those lines that do anything from oh you feel really nice oh you're going to spend the rest of the afternoon teasing yourself into a desperate mess mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> so much fun and i'm also on oh yeah we're both on only fans now. now so if you're more video oriented or you want a more kind of like relational experience of control sure. then our only fans are a good place to go for that too right and you have youtube as well right it's so people can see you that way as well so i did a project for a while which i need to start back up again where roughly once a day it was far less often than that but it was meant to be once a day i did induction so an induction Mm -hmm. is the first part of 
hypnotic trance. You're taking someone into a trance state. So I did a different induction every day, and there's 99 of them on my YouTube channel now. And there's a few videos, well, there's a few audios available and some teaching resources a little bit on my YouTube. But if anyone's interested in experiencing (laughs) how our voices feel when we're truly trying to get inside of your head, come along. (laughs) So what names would people search on YouTube? I mean, I'll put all your links down in the podcast notes too, but what names would they search under to find you on YouTube? I think I'm just sinister on YouTube. I'm Hypnohead and Easter again. And again, they're all linked on our sites and things. Mm, Right. On your link tree, right? That's the one. And then, so basically kind of what you heavily use, there's a lot of talk about ASMR lately, and that's heavily embedded into what you're talking about, right? Right. Well, a lot of the things that ASM artists are doing, it's it's the same. It's trying to guide someone's attention Mm -hmm. and create uh, an experience for someone that is experienced as the mind, but then becomes like a physical pleasure, right? So mm. in that respect, it's the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, although a lot of ASMR, where it's less talking based, is based on kind of like natural triggers. Like someone might really just naturally get the autonomous meridian sensory response from the sound of a hairbrush going like this. Right. What have you. Like everyone has different things that like engage their brain. But if you have like a whispering ASM artist who's Mm -hmm. really kind of like using Mm. their language to direct the attention of the person who's listening, then I feel like that crossover with hypnosis is really strong. Yeah. 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 I could see that. Mm -hmm. Also a big focus on fancy microphones. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) And, you know, people who are very like auditory and or just legit enjoy the sound of someone's voice and and get yes. a lot of pleasure from listening to someone talk. Right. Like, as you must, I'm sure you experience quite a lot with your voice. People must give you a lot. Of, I mean, I don't know how you started recording audio porn, but it must have been a thing that you knew you had, right? That people responded well, to. Well, I, I really didn't until I started putting audio tweets out onto Twitter and people were like reacting to my voice. And I was like, really? Like I was, I was literally shocked. I was like, what? So yeah, it's completely blown up for me. I mean, I do audiobooks, I do the podcast and yeah. And it's just something I did not expect or ever see myself doing. So I'm still kind of a little bit of shock. I've been doing it a little over a year. Fantastic. Well, that just the way people responded to your voice shows Mm -hmm. you how powerful certain voices can be for certain people. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And certainly I'm forever grateful that pretty much every Disney movie has intelligent, evil British villain because <laughs> I know, they are right? milking that all the way to the mm. yeah, the, the, they, they the didn't British does wonders for the American market. Yes. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. I mean, it's just, it's just fun to listen to different accents too, you know, so it's just, and it can be very seductive. I think that's a good point. I never thought about that way to go Disney. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sorry to tell you, but you've been conditioned. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. It's interesting too. And and I think Americans do like accents. I think everyone around the world does like accents. It's it's kind of it's just a fun thing to hear someone talk in a different way. And mm, yeah, for um, sure. And I think the British voice has a lot of coding with elegance and mm-hmm, yeah. tradition and intelligence and so we we are both able to fully exploit that, aren't we? <laughs> and yeah. you should. Take advantage Absolutely. of what's already there. Exactly. 
<laughs> That's fantastic. It's a built-in thing in the world that is helpful to you. <laughs> and kind of a, it's kind of a trigger, I guess. Some people yes, yes. respond to it with, you know, real, and like you found with your voice, like your voice was just, for, for whatever reason, people found it to be a sexy voice. Like it's linked yep. in their head, something, maybe the breathiness of the way that you talk or mm-hmm. like right. the, the accent that you have for some people is just like that voice is sex to me. <laughs> right. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I still get people commenting on, on Twitter all the time. If I just put up a little clip, you know, for a post and I almost mm-hmm. always get somebody commenting and saying, wow, that's really sexy or, you know, just, and I think it's fun. I think it's great. I, I still am in a little bit shocked that, that people do mm-hmm. like my voice. <laughs> I shouldn't be right, but I still am. But it's enjoyable. Calming and evil. Those are the two that I get most frequently. What about you? Oh, evil, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then I feel like if I'm going by the name Sinister, they've got they've had fair warning. They if have. they continue listening after that, that's on them. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So do you ever do like different voices? Like for me, I, I try to do like more doing an audio book. I try to do more of a masculine voice or lower voice. Or do you ever do anything like that with playing with different, like kind of like playing a different character? So you change your voice? So I'd say most people when they're doing hypnosis will find they have a hypnotic voice. Mm. You know, I don't tend to record files speaking like this. It's far more of a sort of deeper and more intentional type Mm. of tone where you're putting a little more weight behind every word. Sure. Mm. Just watching tricks, his eyes start to flutter a bit there. Oh. It's something, it's, exactly. People can become extremely conditioned to. So this is me talking in my everyday voice. You know, it's a bit higher. And like Sinister says, when I slip into my hypnotic voice, there's just something about the way that I draw people in. That people respond to. They can't help but respond. You know what I mean? So it's kind of yes. a, it's a big change in the way that I talk, which mm. you can intentionally play with to do something called fractionate people, which is essentially where you're bringing someone in and out of trance really quickly. Oh, so just okay. by talking, by slipping into these different tones, both Sinister and I, with the people who listen to our voices frequently, or even just someone who's sensitized to that kind of thing, mm. sure. um, quite easily slip people in and out of hypnosis, which is mm. really fun to do conversationally. Well, on the note of sort of being sensitized to these things it's worth pointing out that being a hypnotic subject is as much of a skill as being a hypnotist is it's something that you grow in you develop in you learn more about yourself about how you react to things how you feel about things the kinds of language that work best for you you learn to be able to guide your own experience to an extent to take what's being said to you and sort of manipulate it into a way that resonates the most with you kind of like learning what makes you feel good with touch you know it takes practice to be able to know what feels good and how quickly and when Mm. and where with hypnosis it's it's similar so someone who's an experienced subject will be able to find that even with a new hypnotist they'll be able to drop into that trance really really easily Mm, and that's absolutely a skill that builds up and you'll you know the more you do it the more you'll find that the effects and suggestions are easier to take on that you're able to manifest more and more sort of if that word effect effects again sure we'll go with effects again (laughs) so yeah able to manifest more and more effects and responses I mean, if you'd have told me Sinister gave me my first trance back in 2019, um, and if you'd have told me that like two years later, I'd be maintaining a 
hypnotic chastity belt without understanding that it wasn't real for like four days. I just thought mm. I was wearing a chastity belt. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I was just hallucinating one for four days. <laughs> wow. Um, which is just so incredible. I didn't, I wouldn't have thought that my was capable of that. But with right. the relationship we built, with my understanding of my own mind, with my yeah, deep belief in the effects <clears throat> that I can experience now, I can experience more effects. So it's a matter as a subject, really, of starting out, finding the things that you're sort of naturally attuned to, naturally come easily to you, leaning into those and sort of growing your repertoire through that. Like I had a had a cross written on the back of my hand, like an X, mm-hmm. because Sinister tranced me the other day to every time I saw this X on my hand. In fact, it's a file that's coming out on your Patreon soon, mm-hmm. isn't it? Every time I saw this X on the back of my hand, I would say my mind is shaped to please. Like it would just happen. I would just say it without thinking. Wow. But at the same time, he made me forget what was making it happen. So I spent my whole day going like, how is this happening? I thought it was my keyboard. (laughs) Because every time I looked down to type, I was saying my mind is shaped please why is it coming wrong <laughs> and then we went downstairs to make a cup of tea and it was not my keyboard <laughs> so, it was very funny it must be said it was I mean the next day waking up and having that wonderful cocktail you know it was a the effect was the next day I would know what happened mm-hmm. sure and sure waking up first thing looking at my hand and going oh for fuck's sake <laughs> <laughs> I started off like a video of me touching myself and saying the mantra over and over again I was like why is touching myself make it happen with her, like the cross on the back of her hand really visible in the video <laughs> <laughs> it's just really silly and uh, yes so, well, it sounds like a lot of fun play like you just have a lot of fun oh yeah so, you can have so much fun, fun. yeah there's a lot of just really silly things you can do with it. Silly, but at the same time, like incredibly hot. Like mm-hmm. I feel like that's very important to both of us that like we don't take ourselves super seriously and kink should be something that is fun at yeah. the end of the day. And you should be able to like like sex, you should be able to have a laugh with your partner. Mm. It's called play for a reason. Yeah. Right. Exactly. We might be teaching, you know, horrible gaslighting tools, but we also like to have a little joke. <laughs> what we're trying to right. say. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so what can you describe a favorite experience with this or something that you really just found amazing that you'd like to talk about? Oof. Oh no. Oh, That's God. a no, hard yeah. one. I know, so, right? Okay. So the one I always the first one that always comes into my head was this completely oh, incredible experience I had where I'd been denying someone for I don't know, weeks maybe weeks okay um and we were due to meet up so this is like a personal play partner of mine Mm. and we met up in a kind of a space away from everything and I had them repeating a mantra good toys don't come good toys don't come while they were fucking me and I was just laying back having Mm. orgasm after orgasm like laughing at them as they like they had this wonderful blank expression and you know, they were obviously almost like dissociating from their body so that they could continue oh. to come so I could t- continue to use them. Right. And just back and literally going, this is bliss. I mean, bliss, this feels so <laughs> good. Coming and coming and coming and you get nothing. Good toy. <laughs> You're such a good toy. Just like, oh. And that's, that's, I would say that's simple. I guess it's not that simple. Anyone who's been denied for a while mm. and then, you know, has a lot of stimulation on their cog. Yeah, it's it's not that easy not to come. But with hypnosis, you can 
really crystallize someone's desire to please, like Mm. make it the most important thing in the world so that they are so focused on your pleasure that their entire reality is manipulated and shaped around pleasing you, including physiology. Like on a basic level, they will not come until Mm. you permission. And it's just, okay, that's mine. What about you, (laughs) That's amazing. No versus fucking machine, but that's much the same kind of idea. Oh, no, it is. You want to tell it? Well, that, that, that was a shoot we did where we had got hold of a fucking machine mm. and we strapped tricks down okay. and gave her the hypnotic orgasm block. And we saw what happened. We, we called it science. I think it's mm-hmm. a scientific experiment. <laughs> and the hypnosis won. It did. We had to it stop. Did, huh? Fucking machine got ran out of oil and <laughs> stopped working. I, I didn't run out of oil. I it was fully used. Oh, it took me almost an entire afternoon to get my head back together after that one. Wow! It definitely a victory for hypnosis, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'd been and, and I'd been denied for what is it like a, a little while, twenty five yeah. days or something, so mm-hmm. a good amount of time. Wow, that is a long time. <laughs> I mean, that's not my longest now. My longest is like one hundred twenty seven days. Wow, it's a very long time. It's <laughs> a very long time. Absolutely. So have either of you ever hypnotized someone into thinking that they're using a sex toy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's that's e- that's easy. That's an easy <laughs> uh, one. <laughs> I think for most people, pleasure suggestions are pretty easy. You know, I've done some pretty cool, like, you're like different vibrators on different parts or like, you know, people who have a tentacle fantasy mm-hmm. you know, buy a ton of tentacles. That's super fun. I know someone who was into that and gave them a one point. Again, tease and denial is my thing, so it comes up a lot, but like a sort of tentacly chastity belt kind of thing. That oh, was okay. Stuck, but also inside them and constantly teasing them. Mm. So it was both, you know, stopping them touching, but also driving them crazy. Mm. And that lasted a while. Um, and I just, that, it just popped into my head. I think thinking about like putting things inside of people the other mm. day, well, of a month now, a play partner of mine, we're just getting to know each other. We're really like, having this intense connection, like kissing on the floor. And they're like, oh, fuck, I wish you could fuck me right now. I wish you had a strap on. And I was like, I can fuck you right now. I mm-hmm. do. <laughs> it's the easiest cleanup you've ever heard of because like no one even has to take their clothes off. So right. I was just failing my play partner on the carpet, like making them come on my cock. It was grand. And for, for, to, to be clear, I don't actually have a cock most of the time. <laughs> Unless I want one. And then I make you imagine that I have one. Right. We have at one point made your strap-on feel sensation, Mm -hmm. which was an entertainment. Mm. So that when I was fucking with it, I could feel everything that was happening. Which I guess as self-hypnosis too. And I know that that kind of energy strap-on is something that people actually intuitively do. Mm. People enjoy strap-on play. But you can access that much more readily if you're using Mm. hypnotic techniques. I think that that particular instance is another of my favorites was we were doing like two subjects. So it was tricks and someone we were working with is Caleth for the shoot and just switching them between different headspaces. So they, you know, one of them's the top, one of them's the bottom and they're playing. And then with a snap of the fingers, they switch places. So one of them's also, you know, one of them's incredibly toppy now and just mm. like drops the other one down. And then they're both toppy and fighting and they're both subby and looking at each other and feeling kind of pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. It was just really fun. Yeah. Um, oh, there's so many things. I we could talk all day. Even just some <laughs> of the ongoing stuff that you and I have, mm. like 
I have this fitness kink that I'm mm. very into like uh, using fitness as an outlet for dominance and submission. Mm-hmm. So as part of my submission, I, I work out and we have this conditioning, this hypnotic conditioning ongoing where I'm building muscle for sinister, but the muscle kind of belongs to him. Simply okay. put, Trix is massively stronger than I am. And this mm. is unhelpful at certain points. So we have an <laughs> ongoing suggestion that Trix cannot overpower me. Okay. But Despite how strong she is and how much she puts into maintaining that, I can hold her down with a finger and her body will just not push back. And like the wow. feeling of being held down and pushing with all your might against someone's single finger that is holding you down. And it like doesn't feel, I want to emphasize like all of this stuff doesn't feel like you're pretending. It feels like it's really happening. Mm. And so you're pushing and pushing and I'm sweating and like the force is going into it, but it's not going anywhere. Mm. It's just so amazing. It's so amazing. Oh. That is very amazing. Okay. I just got another question from someone. Okay. This is from Hazel Porter. She's a, an author. She writes BDSM and she says, can they talk about the balance between using the voice and the use of words, like as in the timber and pacing versus word choice? Which we kind of have a little bit, but... As she's identified, like, they're both extremely potent tools. As we mentioned a bit before, like, sort of that hypnotic voice can be incredibly powerful. So there is an aspect, as we said, about it being an anchor. It's something someone's familiar with, but you're also using a voice that is, you know, even and relaxing and calming and, you know, at an even pace, slowing things down, you know, all these kind of metaphors almost that work really well to help someone go into a trance state. Um, And likewise, if you want to do something, there's an idea in NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming, that you go there first. Like if you want someone to experience something, you try and mirror that feeling to them. So for example, you might want them to get really aroused. So you might start putting arousal in your voice, like something really exciting and fucking so good is happening to you because you want them to feel that. So you create the sounds of someone in pleasure so that their minds go, oh, fuck, pleasure. Mm. I like pleasure. I should do pleasure too. <laughs> right? <laughs> and, you know, there's you can play around with sort of that very slow, even tone as you lead someone into trance, but then you accelerate and you talk more quickly and you struggle for their mind to keep up as you just keep talking and talking and talking and rapidly you just draw them in. You know, you can play around with those different ideas, pull someone from one to the other to sort of shape the feelings, the themes, the attitude of a trance. I mean, fear is another good one, right? Like people aren't going to be very, well, they can be scared of you if you're just like, uh, I don't know, like being kind of like stumbly and yeah. like a little bit mumbly and like, okay, maybe you saying something scary. I've got a knife and I'm going to kill you, whatever. <laughs> right. But if you're like, I've got a knife and I'm going to fucking kill you. Like there's a different mm. intensity that you're bringing. Yes. Don't just tell someone that I've got a knife and I'm going to fucking kill them. But like, I guess I could. It's because it's a <laughs> knife on Sinister's desk. So like. A cake knife. It should be pointed out. <laughs> it's a knife that you currently have cake on. It's different. <laughs> like I've definitely been threatened with that knife before. It's currently. In a consensual knife. fun way. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so tone. <laughs> so yeah, tone can be really helpful. And particularly, as we said, once you get that established dynamic, like if I just look at tricks and use a certain tone, then my words will have a weight beyond just instruction. Sure. Like 
by this point, Trix doesn't need to be in a trance to take hypnotic suggestion from mm-hmm. me. Sure, right. But without the words, you know, tone can only get you so far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, need to be shaping the experience, guiding the experience, giving the instruction, drawing someone's attention in the right direction. And there's a lot, I mean, we've talked a lot about words and tone, but of course, like if you're in person with someone, the mm. kind of touch them are also metaphorical you're trying to create emotions and headspaces with the way that you touch and even without words you know just things like that's right if they do something a little marker say their eyes flutter a little bit or they flinch and you're Mm -hmm. like "Mm, that's right like it will kind of Mm. make them feel like you're inside their head and that you're reading their mind because you've acknowledged some kind of unconscious action that they're taking, but they Mm. might not have even noticed that they took until you pointed it out. So it's very much a conversation, even if only one person's doing the actual talking. Mm -hmm. Like you need (laughs) to be your partner's body and reactions and emotions and going from there instead of just like steamrolling the whole situation. Right. Yeah, in person, I yeah, it could be totally different too. I mean, you can use different things like you know your breath or blowing on something. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we've got a lot of sort of societal assumptions that trance means down, right? You're sinking. Right. So lots of like stroking downward or like just you know fingertips down a back or down mm-hmm. an arm, lifting someone's arm and dropping it to drop them into trance, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and likewise like rocking back and forth and things like that that are very like soothing motions and a lot of people will have things that they could easily tell you oh man when you do that I just feel so like out of it and it just does something to my brain right you could think of things that people do to you that give you that feeling I know for me if someone like clenches their hand on the back of my neck that to me like switches off my brain and just Mm. like on so you can use those things as a good basis for doing something hypnotic or yeah, being intentional with your touch yeah and like, you know erogenous zones erogenous zones or like you know touching someone's hair yeah yeah pulling can be very potent yeah oh, i bet <laughs> i want my hair <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting to me because I, when i think of like you know, recording an audio book, it's kind of like leading the person through that as well. And and I, so I can totally identify with everything you say, because even if I didn't write the book, I'm still leading the listener through this experience. Yeah. You want to be embodying the emotions that you want them to feel, right? So right. I bet yep. it's quite a rush sometimes when you're reading someone else's words and you're mm-hmm. kind of trying to transmit this energy and this feeling to someone else. Yes. Through the way that you speak. Right. Mm. When you're acting That's out great. those roles, those character roles in those emotions for people. Yeah, it's 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 very enjoyable and it's it's very powerful too. And it's totally different than what well, it's similar to what you guys do, yeah. but it's a little bit different because it's you know, it's an already written story, you know. I mean, sometimes people read from scripts. That does happen, especially if you're newer to hypnosis and you want to kind mm. of like get up some confidence. Um sure. but that, yeah, the ability to I feel like especially if you're someone whose mind has a tendency to wander during an erotic experience, when you have someone who's being more intentional with your talk during that experience, it can make such a difference to keeping you engaged in what's happening and shaping what's happening. We actually have another class coming up, which is in person. It's at this event called Pinky Promise. It's Dance of the Tarot in London. So it's a party for kind of hedonists and kind of 
conscious sexuality type people but it's just it's just an event that's very focused on sensuality and, and we're doing, doing a talk on basically the hypnotist's guide to dirty talk yes so how you can use your language more intentionally not necessarily nice. to do full hypnosis but more mm-hmm. how language can be so powerful how you can pull it in the right directions how you can use what you're already doing more intentionally mm, nice so we're hoping that that will maybe be online at some point and we might take it to different venues and things because that's exactly the foot in the door that a lot of people need because hypnosis is a, has a lot of tools and a lot of like processes and a lot of things to understand where there's a lot of things that you can take from hypnosis that will just enhance what you're already doing. So sure, yeah, really excited about that one. So do you have any videos that are like, I think I did see that on your website, like role play, like for instance, like being in a doctor's office. We've got a couple. So as we said, what we try and do is all very authentic stuff. So where we've got role play, the tops in the scene will be playing a role. The subjects will tend to be living that role. So we Mm. don't have like someone having to pretend along because Mm. we try to do genuine hypnosis. So the recent one we did, for example, was at the setting of, again, a doctor's office, as you mentioned. Uh, A subject comes in and we mind fuck and generally fuck with the <laughs> patient in inverted commas. Uh, but they very much felt in the moment that that was something that was just happening because mm-hmm. uh, we can use hypnosis to, you know, hypnosis is a fantastic tool for role play in general, because you can paper over like inconsistencies, hide away things that you've not quite managed to get right in the setting, make everything feel authentic, play around with memory and perception like another one we did was the fear play shoot, which we did, me and Trix, where Trix was very, very scared because we were doing some sort of like, you know, you're in a scary place with someone you don't recognize. And that could be role play. But genuinely in that moment, Trix didn't recognize me. Trix was genuinely scared of what might happen. Yeah. So mm. it's role play because yep. I'm playing a role. And to an extent, Trix was playing a role, but it was one that she wasn't aware she was playing. Yeah, I was like very in it. Likewise, we've done one where, so for me, hypnosis, as I got into it, really unlocked a lot of fantasy play for me. Because before, I felt like if I was doing role play, I felt a bit silly, basically. Mm. Or I felt like someone was going to like struggle to really step into the headspace that was required for role play. Mm -hmm. Now I absolutely love it because... I know how immersed that person is in the scene that I'm playing out for them. So any like idea of me feeling embarrassed or silly completely goes away because I know that they're responding to me with such like authenticity that I know sure. it's so real for them. We did this amazing shoot with Quicksilver, who she was a witch that I had captured and mm. I was her interrogator who was also a witch. So it was this like magical torture scene where I tied things like feathers into her hair and I was Mm. pulling the feathers out of her hair and she was having this reaction as if I was like pulling her fingernails out and I was like putting my hands on her head and like putting my fingers into her brain you kind of on television and that kind of thing where magical being is torturing someone Uh, and she was you know she was screaming and crying and it was so intense and I extracted the word out of her and and it was such an intense scene, but obviously completely outside of any normal reality. Mm. Right, right. There's really so many things. Yeah, from from doctors' offices where the the doctors end up 
um, institutionalizing someone to be trained into well i mean the diagnosis so, was like nymphomania orgasm addiction hmm. so there was a lot of like edging in that shoot and kind of that kind of thing some magical stuff i've got some vampire content on my mm-hmm. um, oh yeah i love being a vampire it's so much fun. <laughs> it's so intriguing i just it, it's just like the possibilities are completely endless yeah completely mm-hmm. if you can imagine it you can make it happen really because yes. it's the imagination that we are manipulating to make it happen so which is why it's so important to you know like we said before understand really what appeals to your partner like what mm. do they what do they want to do? What do they want to experience? Who do they want to be? Who do they want you to be? What do they want to feel? Like there's so many mm. possibilities. And so it really unlocks this connective, immersive way to play with each other. So I would love it if you would describe how you feel after you've been hypnotized. And, you know, people feel a certain way. They may feel high after exercise or mm. after, you know, orgasming. Uh, what do you feel? Do you can you describe that in any way? Yeah, well, I certainly can. Though sometimes it can depend because there might be a post-hypnotic suggestion. So I might be mm. coming into the trance, like into a new reality, like into a headspace sure. or a feeling or a sensation or a belief about what's happening to me. So there's obviously that. But on the baseline, I find being hypnotized to be this incredible both relaxing because even if I'm being active, you don't have to be like flopped or passed out to be hypnotized at all. You can be very active. You can be, you can have your eyes open. And in fact, that's how my favorite way of trancing is, is to have my eyes open and watching the person who's hypnotizing me. Okay. Um, And I feel it's because you're doing a lot of deep breathing. So your body is like very relaxed. Your head gets this wonderful, like heady. This is me anyway sort of fuzzy feeling as you emerge from hypnosis your your muscles have all kind of like taken a break and relaxed like it's amazing how much in the day we keep our shoulders like tight and high by our ears and one of the first signs you'll see when you hypnotize someone is like their shoulders will just drop Mm. our body is just like ah you do notice that that's what you kind of just slump exactly and then usually i'll also feel very like connected and focused and excited about who I'm with, like who's created this experience for me. I'll feel very, it's quite an intimate thing to be hypnotized, to be understood Mm, to that level, to Mm. feel like someone was inside your head. It's really special. Particularly in person, because you've got that kind of, as we said, you, that conversation, you're examining someone so closely and you don't do that usually with people you're not intimate yeah, with. You're observing right. and someone's minutiae, the tiniest responses is being picked up on and ran with. And and also even before you're hypnotized, you've had this long conversation about how your mind works and, you know, really got to reflect on what you want with someone. And all of that is very intimate too. Hmm. And it's such a gift to be able to do that. Sorry, I'm knocking things over. It's such <laughs> a gift to be able to do that with, you know, the people who come to us for sessions as well, who come in, you know, maybe they spent their whole life. Uh, it's one of my favorite clients. When he first came to me, he just wanted to role play hypnosis essentially because he'd never been hypnotized. He didn't really believe that it could happen. And he had really strong hypnosis fetish. So he wanted all the trimmings of being hypnotized. And I kind of took that and I was like, okay, but we're, we're going to hypnotize you. Are, are you <laughs> yeah. If it can happen, I'd love to be hypnotized. And within like a session, he was kind of like, oh my goodness like this is incredible I'd never thought that I could feel this way and that's just I, I love being able to engage deeply with people's uh, desires and then find a way to make them happen it's mm. so rewarding 
Oh, I can imagine. Absolutely. For sure. You have anything else to say about how it feels? Oh, how it feels afterward. <laughs> just, just really, I'm usually very horny as well. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a hypnosis fetish myself. Right. <sighs> and that, that, that deep feeling of like control in my body as well is mm. something that I often get because I have a control. Like control yeah. is my deepest king. Hypnosis doesn't have to feel controlled and controlling and like power exchangey. But it very, very much can oh, if that's what you want. Sure. And that's a lot of how we play with it. Yeah, for sure. That makes sense. So, and when you you do people, people come to sessions with you, do you mm. just have a certain amount of time that you do that, like certain days or you take appointments? Tends to be someone gets in touch. We talk about a bit about what they want and then we find it, well, individually to a time that, works for both of us so we both session both because the wonderful thing about hypnosis is it's so good over distance mm. you can do so much just on skype or zoom or whatever sure so our sessions are online mm-hmm. um but we both do sessions in person as well so it's just a matter of finding what works doesn't tend to be a particular day. I think both of our schedules are rather chaotic. Mm-hmm. So finding a specific day that always works. Mm, sure. <laughs> but we both really enjoy the process of like, once we've agreed, yes, this session's going to happen, we both have like connecting interests and we're happy to session with this person. Then we both really enjoy kind of like diving into mm. the reasons why someone wants to experience this and trying to mm. tailor exactly what we do. Because neither of us ever use scripts. No. Um, mm. So we're both very like directed by the person in front of us and trying to like really connect to their desire. And I think for me, that's a large part of the pull is it is always individual. You're never Mm. just doing the same thing over and over and over again. Always different. Always different, always personal, always something new. And always surprising. Like you really, you can be really surprised by the way that people take suggestion. Like give two Mm. people the same suggestion and they will do two different things because that's just how people interpret things. And there's often a lot of scope in the way that you give a suggestion. You know, one person's, I mean, one person's experience of being frozen in place, for example, so that they Mm. can't move might be that you tell them they're going to freeze. They might physically feel like a cold feeling creeping over them and feel like there's going to be like icicles inside of them that slowly like make their body stiff and rigid. Mm. And another person might find it as more of like a, a blossoming feeling from their stomach where it like slowly works its way out and like it's a very delicate feeling. You know, there's mm. there's so much room and that might be immediate or it might be like over a few minutes or there's so many different ways someone mm. could take that suggestion if you're not specific about it. And that's part of the fun. Oh, absolutely. Sorry. Oh, no, I was just agreeing. I said, absolutely. I can imagine. (laughs) Another thing I think that we both really enjoy is finding ways to combine hypnosis with other things. Yeah, sure. Because as we mentioned, we both came from kink first, Mm -hmm. which I think makes us relatively unusual in the hypno kink sphere. A lot of people, hypno was their first thing. And for a lot of people, hypno is their only thing. But we really delight in finding ways to combine it with other stuff, you know, be that pleasure control, be it bondage, be it, you know, humiliation or yeah, basically any other kink. We just love finding ways to combine it. I think Mm -hmm. the one thing you like saying a lot is like hypnosis is a spice that works with everything. It's like the salt of Mm. kink. You know, it goes with everything. And oh, it I can imagine. Everything. 
you're using sort of rope as a method to do hypnosis or you're using hypnosis to just like tiny little bits of it to enhance some other kind of play mm-hmm. you know it's just it's it so many possibilities so well. yeah so how would someone go about booking with you do you have a spot on on your link trees where people could like book with you or is it kind of more just you know here and there through so, word of mouth if you want to book us for private sessions, for me, probably the best way is through Twitter or email. For your tricks, it's go through email, and those are on our link trees. If you want to book us for teaching, again, email's probably the easiest way. You can drop an email to mesmeroticuk at gmail.com. If you want to book us individually for private classes or for your group, if you have like a mm-hmm. venue that you want, ideally in the UK, unless you want to fly us out, we're very happy to do that. <laughs> or online. Or online, yeah. Yeah, so email, so hypnohedonista at gmail or denial at gmail is the probably the easiest way for sessions or for teaching or whatnot. And yeah, if you'd like to just experience a bit more of our voice and our control, then please join mm-hmm. OnlyFans or Patreon where there'll be so many things you can get a flavor and, of. And it, you know, it'll probably just make you want a real time thing more. But <laughs> <laughs> check out mesmerotic stuff for like ideas of what it can do, what it looks like. Yeah. So uh, most of our mesmerotic sheets are on AP clips, but you can find it through mesmerotic.net. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rowan. Yes. Oh, it's been amazing. It's so interesting. And there's just so much just kind of blows my brain to think about how the potential, the possibilities are just they're just endless with this. I think the more we do it, the more excited we get about how much more there is we can do with it. Yes. Right. To get ideas or you think, oh, mm. I could do this, I could do that. And yeah. And you the more you meet hypnokingsters, because the science of hypnosis is so behind the anecdotal stuff that I know people are experiencing. Mm, sure, sure. Because things in the science of hypnosis are all done in such a clinical way, of course, and in a mm. way that controls for, you know, variables that they don't want to interfere with the study and has to have appeal to the greatest number of people with the least amount of effort. And has to pass ethical approvals. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> The things that we know people experience on the daily, Mm. the things I've experienced and you've experienced, tell us that hypnosis is so much more powerful and so much more Mm. intense. And also, at the end of the day, what we're looking to do is have an experience when we do hypnosis. Mm. Like, okay, it might not be hypnosis that would change you, you know, solve a problem that you have or what have you. But if you do the thing and you experience the thing that you want to experience, then that's a successful session and we don't need to like mm. interrogate it any more than that. Hypnosis is so subjective. It means different things to everyone. So go into it being maybe this is what hypnosis is. And then let it surprise you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I just had a thought that popped in my head. Have you ever done a situation where a session where you made someone believe that you were there like, the fantasy person or crush or someone famous? I've seen people do that. Like I run a monthly class in Nottingham in the UK, Mind Place Midlands. And I've seen someone in like a five minute trance become, was it Elvis Presley or something? Uh-huh. Quite the same. Like Elvis wasn't getting his cock sucked or whatever, but like, <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's just not like the field we tend to play in done some fun things where it's like you're being touched for the first time again like Mm -hmm. reliving some Mm. seminal experiences that like 
might have happened so long ago that you can't really like remember what that would have been like I've, I've not done it but i can absolutely see the appeal in becoming to someone someone that they you know automatically respect and want to please like as a way right. of getting through like you know oh i'm this person that you desperately want to make happy now what are you going to do for me kind of thing. yeah there's that's definitely right. some stuff there the sadist in you yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was remembering that trance at the uk recreational hypnosis convention where someone became the cookie monster did you see mm-hmm. that oh that was wow hilarious. Oh, that was, watching mm. them eat a cookie was the best thing for the hypnotist becoming mm-hmm. someone to someone else yeah yeah, yeah. Sure. very interesting <laughs> this has been amazing is there anything else you both would like to talk about or touch on before we end <sighs> i just it's been an amazing talk i Oh, very exciting and interesting and interesting. We just love talking about it. Like as we yeah. said, evangelizing about it, trying to get as many people knowing about it as possible. When I when I started doing this, there wasn't much knowledge of hypno in the UK general kink scene. There mm. was a UK hypno scene, but it wasn't very connected. And I've done everything I can in the years since then to try and correct that. Yeah. Uh, I think the main thing I'd love for people to go away from listening to this podcast with is that hypnosis is a collaborative, imaginative experience. It's not something that is magic. It can't make you do anything as mm-hmm. long as you believe that it can't make you do anything. That's the that's the thing. Like if you truly believe that someone could make you do whatever they wanted because they've hypnotized you, then the fact of believing it could make your perception of that situation make you behave in certain ways. Does that make mm. sense? Yeah, yeah. Whereas if you know that you always retain your agency as a subject, like it's always happening inside your own head, mm. you know, a lot of the fears that people have around hypnosis, around giving up control as they perceive it, it's actually not something to worry about whatsoever because you always keep that ability to like, you're listening as you respond to things. You know, right. you're not, someone's not talking a magic spell at you. You can decide not mm. to take on certain things that they suggest to you or change them so that they make more sense or are more pleasant to experience inside your head. Or just realise this isn't the time for that. Like someone has used a trigger, it's a trigger I'm happy to have, it's a trigger I want, but now isn't the time for that to work. Shines are very attentive to context mm. and it's very possible to completely keep yourself safe. And I think that's what holds a lot of people back from engaging in hypnosis. So, and it's also not that complicated. Like you probably know how it sounds when someone does hypnosis. And if you don't, then go ahead and go to our like Patreon and OnlyFans. Yeah. I could see people would be scared. Like, okay, I don't like whatever. I don't like being tied up. Then they, they might fear that, you know, that they're going to be forced into doing that. Yeah, that someone's going to make them do it. Nobody can. Like, it's all inside your own head. Mm-hmm. And so you get to decide which parts you follow and which parts you don't. Mm. And obviously it helps when you trust someone. And like any other conversation, someone can manipulate you to do things in the moment that you might not have wanted to do. But you deal with that in the same way you deal with, like, any other situation where you have a good conversation with someone before it happens. You make sure you're both very clear. You have safe words and you can totally still use safe words in hypnosis and things like that. Oh yeah. Right. Good point. So it's really important to just put that out there. And then when you have that confidence that actually you are going to be okay, you, you can control what happens to you in hypnosis, Mm. then you can lean into the experience and you can enjoy all of the possibilities that hypnosis Mm. bring. I think what I want people to know is whatever it is you're into, however, you know, 
vanilla, however not, however kinky and depraved, whatever it is you're into, <laughs> hypnosis can make it better. Hypnosis yeah. can intensify it or add extra spice to it or make it feel more rewarding. Mm. It really does work in so many ways. It's so good. And, you know, people have, you know, oh, hypnosis isn't real. Well, what do you mean by real? Your thoughts aren't real. <laughs> but you... <laughs> You're guided by the things that you think all the time. You're guided mm. by your perceptions of a situation all the time. If you believe a door is locked, you won't try to open it. That's right. your thoughts preventing you from opening a door. But you, you know, it's not a fact that the door is locked. It's mm. just your belief that it's locked that changes the way you behave. So hypnosis works a bit like that. If you really believe something, if you can really if you believe that your body cannot move, yeah, then, then it, it can't. functionally can't. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. It seems like you could liken it to guiding your own self through a fantasy, perhaps when you're masturbating. Yeah. 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 And in that moment, you know, you're really feeling the emotions of whatever mm-hmm. fantasy you're building and it's really enhancing your pleasure, right? It's a whole right. point of fantasizing. Mm-hmm. And when someone else comes along and does that with you, it's even almost less taxing on your brain. So you can just completely oh, sure. lean into it. Ah. So Yeah. There's so many possibilities. <sighs> That makes sense to me. (laughs) Well, and I will put all of your links down in the podcast notes so that people can easily access it. And this has been amazing. I thank you so much for talking with me. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, we've had a great time. Thank you, Ruin. You guys have an amazing day. Is is it afternoon where you are? It is. And we're off to a kinky party this evening. So we're definitely having a good time. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And you guys have an amazing day. You too. Thank you so much for talking to us. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast interview. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you were entertained and learned and enjoyed our chat. Thank you for listening to my podcast. I hope that you follow my podcast so you do not miss any of the episodes. And please rate my podcast. Give me a comment. Comments and ratings help my podcast grow. Thank you so much for listening. I'll put my links down in the podcast notes so that you can find where I am on the internet. I also have books on Amazon, Erotic Romance, and Erotic Romance audiobooks as well. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a sexy fucking day. Love ya. Ready for some spring cleaning of your beard and groin hairs? Try out Manscaped products where you can get 20% off with my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, to get 20% off and free shipping. In order to get the discount, use the promo code RUIN, R-U-A-N, to do that spring cleaning to get yourself ready for sexy times. Heat up your spring with a new shave, a new trim. Perhaps try going there. Get more skin smacks in the bedroom, if you know what I mean.